WFYI podcast brought to you by Bloomington, Indiana, an American college town offering food and drink, college sports, outdoor activities, live music, cool art, and good times daily. Everyone is welcome in Bloomington. More information at visitbloomington.com. It's time to hear what's good, what's bad, and what's ugly at the multiplexes and at the art house. Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. You'll also hear about new and old films on Blu-ray and on DVD. Plus, you'll hear all the latest Hollywood gossip. I don't care! Okay, maybe not the latter, but it is time for film sociology with WFYI's film guru. Kaiser Shizzy! No, that's Matthew Sosie. It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever, yes. Let's see how thin the line is. Here's your host, Matthew Sosie. there, film lovers. Welcome to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the point and WFYI.org. If you have a question or comment, you can email me at msocey, that's M-S-O-C-E-Y, at WFYI.org. I'm also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Sosi. The show is available as a podcast, and it's also available on iTunes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is mid-October, which means it's that time of year again. Yes, for that. And for that. But we're here to talk about this. Bard Fest is that well, all right, Halloween, Heartland Film Festival, and all that. So uh Bard Fest is happening. It's uh it is running through the if I remember right, the nineteenth through the twenty ninth. Am I saying that that okay, let me turn the mics on and not introduce you. Welcome to Prepared Radio, folks. Uh, anyway, you can go to IndieBardFest.com for information, and we decided to pick the most October play to have in studio, and uh, there, there's no superstitions about saying it in the, on the radio. It's fine. Hashtag neurotic actors. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to have everybody verbally sign in and what your, what your, what your part is in the show, and then uh, we'll get up and flying, sir. Hello, I'm Adam Tran, and I'm portraying Macbeth. Hey, I'm Devin Mathias, and I'm Lady Macbeth. And my name is Carrie Shea, and I am the director. How are they doing? They are doing really well. And you would say that even if you weren't here, so. Because uh. we'd hear it later. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so we have three shows, well, four shows, actually. The Complete Works of Shakespeare on a Bridge. We have Macbeth. A 70s disco version, Vegas version, I should say, of Taming of the Shrew. Sort, sort of, of. An, 80s, 80s? an 80s lounge act. Lounge act. Vegas okay, lounge so, act, yeah. So uh, inf- uh, 70s Elvis influence. Probably, Probably. Yeah. And I've seen pictures, but I've not seen the costumes uh, yet. Correct. And, uh, and Cymbeline. And Cymbeline. Cymbeline. Yes, so, much done. Well, uh, Richmond Shakespeare did it earlier this year. So uh, I think b- between this and, and Richmond's, I think I might be good for Cymbeline for a good five to ten years. Yeah, it's it's one of those plays that they say that it has everything in it. It has all of Shakespeare's things in it. There's uh, I don't know much about it myself, but twins, floods, shipwrecks, talking and, uh, to the moon. And by the way, Cass and Guru Cymbeline, we love you. We'll do the best we can. But uh... <laughs> Cymbeline is not the the queen. No. No, it is not. And it's not about the king, who is Cymbeline. It's more, much yeah. more about the princess. I'm learning a lot about yeah. this show, actually. Yeah, uh, Imogen and Posthumus. Mm-hmm. Othello doesn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, give, give the dates for uh, Macbeth. Yes, I have it right here. So Macbeth will, will open on the 21st, which is Saturday night, uh, and then we'll run the 22nd, and then we have four performances the next weekend, uh, the 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th. There you go. So, yes, once again, go to, for all the shows, go to IndieBardFest.com for all the information. That's, that's, a, that's a fun quartet right there. It is. It's going to be a lot of fun, yeah. Exactly. All right. Uh, before we talk about Macbeth and Shakespeare and theater and Shakespeare films and all that stuff and what these people have watched <laughs> recently, uh, 
Um, <laughs> no, I've had guests like prepare, like it's exams. I, you know, I, I was watching something last night. Oh, okay, thank you. It wasn't required, but I appreciate it. Um, all right, opening in theaters this weekend. So we have, because um, you don't have enough choices going on. Um, I guess I should start. The Heartland Film Festival is, of course, up and flying. You can go to heartlandfilmfestival.org. It is running October through October 22nd. Choices, choices. So you can check out films like The S Word, Skid Row Marathon, uh, Tattered Malian, hope I'm saying that right, uh, Home Truth, The Maestro, Instrument of War, <laughs> No Roads In, 20 Weeks, I Can, I Will, I Did, and The Dating Projects, and other emails that have been sent to me by filmmakers. So anyway, those, <laughs> there, I mentioned your show. Uh, that Go heartlandfilmfestival.org for more information on that. If you are in Richmond next weekend at Richmond Civic Theater, you have informed consent running October 20th and 21st. That is a Friday and Saturday night at 7.30 p.m. You can go to gorct.org for more information. Full disclosure, I'm directing this, and my daughter is my AD. That's fun. That's so cool. <clears throat> this is our two of three projects that we are working on together. Which means she's running the show. Oh, I'm the third smartest person <laughs> in my house, Adam. You know that. You know that's, it's a it's a Jane Austen world. I'm just Mr. Bennett. Just give me my give me my pipe and my paper. And I'll just be over here. So anyway, um, all right. So but opening in opening in theaters, we have uh, the Foreigner. No, it's not the play. Oh, it is here's your team: Jackie Chan versus Pierce Brosnan, and it's directed by Martin Campbell, who of course directed Golden Eye. Um, Chan is a uh, is a father whose whose child is killed in an act of terrorism. Uh, Brosnan is a government official with a past with the IRA, and uh, Chan wants answers, and uh, Brosnan doesn't want to give them to him. So don't want to be Pierce. Don't want to be Pierce. <laughs> so exactly, but uh, so anyway, fascinating. But apparently, it's a it's a, uh, a, a, a it hasn't happened here in the states. But Chan has had some darker performances in overseas. They just haven't really translated over here. But this is a this is a grim performance. And yes, you still have a sixty something man that is still capable of some of the stunts we all know and love. I don't think there's an injury gag reel at the end of this picture. Oh, so, doesn't seem like it. Probably not. Um, also opening this weekend. Uh, because it's October, um, the horror film Happy Death Day, which apparently sounds like a slasher version of Groundhog Day. If she you've dies seen the trailer, yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's what I've seen. And then we have uh, Marshall, which is not the West Virginia football uh, school, but it's Chadwick Boseman who plays Thurgood Marshall as a young lawyer. So um, oh, yeah, I've seen the I think that, at the very cool. what sounds like a, a consistency, uh, also like uh, very similar to Boseman's breakout role in Get On Up, is. Um, the script might not be the most original, but he's really, really good in it. So there is that. And also, hmm, don't know if this is a first date film, ladies and gentlemen, but Professor Marston and the Wonder Women, which is about the gentleman who created the Wonder Woman character. It stars Luke Evans and Rebecca Hall. And if you know the behind the scenes of that man and, well, there's there's two other ladies involved. Just leave it. <laughs> and this is in the 1940s. This sounds like a movie that would have been made regardless of the success of a certain movie coming out last year. Um, it sure as heck helps. But um, <laughs> so yeah, so that is out there. Okay, so all right, I guess I should. I, well, I have this, and I, I brought it up. Um, can you think of a first date film you experienced? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adam. So yeah. talk radio. Uh, 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 yeah, <laughs> uh, I was uh, I was sixteen, I think, and we went to see Hope Floats. Uh, and we were promptly thrown out of the theater about mm, 25 minutes in. That sounds um, about right. Dare we ask why? You shouldn't. I mean, essentially for the same reason you go to see Titanic 37 times in the theater, and not for Kate Winslet, but because it's a long movie. I was like, Kate Winslet is not in Hope Floats. <laughs> no. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Can you clean it up? <laughs> uh, well, uh, the uh, first date movie that I watched with my now husband was Blazing Saddles. Your, which was, your, wait, your choice or his? He, oh, his. Uh, but but it, I think it was lied. kind of like a like a litmus test. Oh, totally. Like, can she hang? And, and, and I, you did? 
um, apparently well enough, I guess. <laughs> They're married now. <laughs> you know. It worked out. You've been married how long? It was uh, five years. So it was cool. it was actually two movies. It was that and Reefer Madness, the the musical oh. movie, the movie musical. Oh. So like he was really he threw me in the deep end. I think I did okay. I I did that to Mrs. Sosie. Yeah. We watched. I I dragged her to a lot of stuff in our in our courting period, and then. About a month after we got married, um, I was I was in the living room watching, and I, I I think it was Foxy Brown, but I remember saying, "Honey, there's a Pam Greer movie on you. You should come in." And she actually said, "Do I do I really need to watch that?" <laughs> oh, I guess not. Okay, fine. So she stuck her ground. She did. I stick, that. She did stick her ground. But yeah, but I dragged her to you know, uh, Enter the Dragon and Hammer Horror and more black exploitation than she ever imagined. And almost eighteen years later, we're all right. So still doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to remember, but I would say it was the opposite. <laughs> this is the so, newlywed game. So whereas <laughs> yeah. your husband gave you the litmus test, my wife gave me the litmus test. And really, her, hers. I think the first like couple things we watched were. Um, Requiem for a Dream. Oh, good God. And Hedvig and the Angry Inch. Oh, yeah. Not and together, I hope. Back to back was like a double feature. That's a weird double feature. No. no I, don't, I don't think it was back to back. a weird double feature. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, she, Wait, had, she, had very, she had more interesting taste than I did your as a freshman in college. first film with her was Requiem. Maybe not first, but pretty early. Oh my! Pretty early God. on. God. Yeah, she took me. She she took me through like all of her favorite films, and that and those were those were there. Curl up in a fetal position after Roughly that. Kid. Yeah, and then <laughs> and lame as I am, I probably showed her like Victor Victoria or something like that afterwards. No, so there's we nothing on, wrong with we that. But different, lame. Not, well, but a different. We were on different paths before we met. Yeah, I I, I learned in co- well a couple things with with. Uh, a film that you are passionate about might not be the best thing to inflict on somebody in an early relationship. Uh, there was a wonderful girl I dated in college. And I remember showing her taxi. I think back to back, Taxi Driver, then A Clockwork Orange. Oh, oh that's tough. That's, that's, that's yeah. The, we, a few months later, it was done. But um, <laughs> but but I know from a film geek standpoint, you're like, no, this this filmmaker is important, and you should see this. And oh, yeah, yeah. you know, we we've done that. Um, I had a, a first date that was Cape Fear. Nah, her choice. Mm. Okay. And then a buddy of mine, uh, a buddy of mine dragged a date, first date to Platoon because he loved <gasps> Oliver Stone. Man. So, yeah. Well, How'd look. that go? Um, oh, no. He's, no I th- I he, think, <laughs> they, they did, it did not, but he is doing fine. He's happy. He went there for the movie. He went there for the movie. We totally went for the movie. Yeah, you're not, well, yeah, it's, like, it's not like you're sitting through a record going, that's us in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Just, no, no. My wife and I did a movie swap when we first got together, and the, the first two movies that we swapped were uh, I had her watch In Bruges. And <laughs> you, that's a young relationship right there. Yeah, he, actually does, he actually does Colin Farrell sitting next to her. It's in, like, it's, it's in stereo. I'm not this sure Colin Farrell was famous when my, I started dating my wife. Yet. Then, yeah. oh, wow. He did Colin Farrell for me a little bit in a show we worked together in once many moons ago. I did. Yes, you did. Yeah. He's, got a, he's got a very nice uh, Irish accent. Oh, yeah. Uh, Be, I'm sorry. I, before oh, uh, Full disclosure. Yeah, because I, uh, Adam, yeah, I, I directed story, Adam. It's this story every time. Right. I love this. No, I directed Adam many moons ago. And uh, he was a man of a dozen voices in a production of uh, It's a Wonderful Life at Anderson mm-hmm. University. He, the, big, the biggest role, he was Clarence. And, uh, yeah, I'll tell this. But so uh, the first read-through, he did Clarence as Russell Brand. And thought, okay, cute, college kid, <laughs> ha, ha, yeah, that's okay, fine. Second night, still did it. <laughs> oh, he's serious. So I pulled him aside and I said, "Look, you can you can keep him English, but he can't. Clarence can't have had anything to do with Katy Perry. Sorry, you just can't." So he <laughs> modified it, but but yeah, he he had many many different voices, and he was very excited that he got to he got to do his Irish accent because he told yeah. me he had done accents in numerous shows, but he had not had a chance to do his Irish. So I was able to take that off his list. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> so you you showed her in Bruges. Yeah, great she, travelogue film. And she, right. And she showed me The Hours, which I hadn't seen. Really? Yeah, and I was like, oh, well, she's got significantly more sophisticated taste in film than I do. Although, In Bruges was a pretty good movie. It is. Well, I mean, it's it's apples and oranges, but they're still of quality fruit. Yeah. So. Hey, nice. <laughs> see? <that's, laughs> Tie that pledge, all together. Your pledge yeah, dollars are worth, <laughs> see? Wow. All right. Um, 
Oh, it's that. Anyway, so yeah, great uh, first date film. So anyway, that is, so I, I don't know if Professor Marson and the Wonder Women are on there, but I know everyone's going to be scurrying for the trailers now as soon as the show's over. Let me see this. Um, okay, but but the film I really want to talk about, and I'm really glad I got to see this, and this is this is opening, of course, at the uh, the art house on the north side, the one with the bar. But, uh, but it's a documentary called Faces, Places, and it's about two different artists. We have um, Agnes Varda, who is a filmmaker, almost 90 years old, who goes on the road with a multimedia artist who goes by JR or Junior. And uh, they're, they're, they have this big truck that is also one of, it's a, it's a, uh, a photo mat, um, not a photo mat, but um, the things that you get the really bad mug shots, the little strip of oh, film. Oh, like a photo booth. A photo booth. Yeah. It's a photo booth on wheels. And what they do is they, they visit different parts of France. It's subtitled, get over it. Um, <laughs> but what they do is they photograph the locals, and they, it has a huge printout, and then they kind of just paste the images of these people on this, out in public. And that's, that's pretty much the film. So it's part road picture, part of the beauty of what art can do. Every, as, as they say in the film, every face has a story. Every face has uh, you know, a background. And so everything from an old mining town, and there's only one occupant left, so they photographed her and put her on the side of the house. Um, animals that are on a farm, they put them on the sides of barns. Um, a housing development that uh, ran out of money and they just kept it dilapidated. They throw a picnic, take pictures of the locals, and put them up on these abandoned houses. So it's putting art... In unlikely places, uh, sides of trains, sides of loading cards on the on a dock, um, it's really lovely inspirational work about uh, where art comes from the unlikeliest of places, and art subjects come from the unlikeliest of places. So, um, this is a little film that could, and I um, I, I I have a feeling. It might only last a week in town. I definitely would go check it out, especially during the day if you have rehearsal at night. Uh, but uh, but Varda worked with the likes of Godard, and there's a little through-line story involving Jean-Luc Godard, but I don't want to give that away. But but the, the fact that these two, who have almost nothing in common except for the project itself, and they banter well, and you get a lot of beautiful footage of the French countryside and the art itself. So... Uh, don't miss this, and uh, and and demand if you if you still have video boxes, demand that they carry it as well. So that that's the thing to go check out. Sounds great. This weekend, I'm imagining the Cannonball Run for sophisticated people. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> that would be Tulane Blacktop. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what the movie is, but you don't know Tulane Blacktop. It's a road picture from the early '70s with James Taylor, Dennis Wilson, and Warren Oates. What a oh. what a pedigree! So look, yeah, I know. Now they're IMDb searchers. Uh, yeah. I'm on board for that one. There now. you go. Um, well, it's not. It, it's it's one of the finer car films of the '70s. It's the one of the more head head case uh, ones. It's not. Um, it's not a vanishing point or bullet, um, you know, where it's it's uh, one gigantic car chase or one great car chase sequence. It is a race between uh, the two young guys and the Warren Oates character. But uh, if you like a little sophistication with your with your race movies, there is that. All right. Speaking of Keystone Arts, it is midnight, and actually, you could now. Here's a double feature. Go see your guys' show and then see one of these. All right, Ooh. this weekend at the Keystone Arts, um, so if you're listening to this on Saturday, you can still go see this at midnight tonight, the 35th anniversary of George Romero's Creep Show, the wow. very first one. I'm old enough I saw this in the theater. So uh, Hal Holbrook, Adrian Barbeau, Leslie Nielsen, Ted Danson, E.G. Marshall. Um, it's a, a series of short films based on the Creep Show Comic, magazine, what have you. But uh, that is running tonight at midnight. Next weekend. So you could go see a show at Bardfest. And then at midnight, see everyone's favorite 80s lesbian vampire movie, The Hunger. Starring Susan Sarandon, Catherine Deneuve, and David Bowie. Directed by by Tony Scott. Yeah, Ridley's brother. The guy who did True Romance, among others. And it's shot like an 80s MTV video because it's 1982. Uh, I'm intrigued. And, oh yeah, um, it's uh, let's see. Bowie and Deneuve are a couple, sort of, kind of. Um, yeah. 
they have an understanding, kind of like you two. But, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and uh, in, the, in the play, Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. In the play. We should clarify. In the play. <laughs> oh yes, yes, you, yes. Anyway, uh, and of course, the students Sarandon becomes a target. And uh, th- there's a great documentary called The Celluloid Closet, and Sarandon is interviewed about Thelma and Louise and about this film. And she talks mm-hmm. about how, because it's 82, because it's Tony Scott, it's it shot like a Playboy video. There's a lot of, you know, opera and sheets hanging in the wind and, you know, <laughs> a lot of gloss. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, that's that's out there. And then October 27th and 28th at midnight at Keystone Arts, the original Halloween. Okay, oh, it's the weekend right. for it. So that is check, worth checking out. I was, I was eight, and uh, my dad dragged me to this. Of course, my fourteen, oh my fourteen-year-old brother, uh, really wanted to go, and so I thought right. I would be brave eight-year-old idiot and went <laughs> with him. This was the film I remembered that I had seen Jaws three years prior, and that scared the bejesus out of me. But well, you were five. I was yeah. five <laughs> on the coast in New Jersey as well. Yeah, <laughs> didn't do well. No. Did you, your dad dragged you to this as well? Um, I to, think to Jaws. I, yeah, he did. So I probably, <laughs> but you know, you I think a lot. there is that thing of as a kid, you want to see what the grownups want to yeah, watch. Yeah, yeah. Of course. So, um, so like this. But what I remember was, yeah, I was, you know, the eyes, you know, covering the face. So I, and but this was the first film, first scary film that I heard laughter in the audience, and that confused me because I was eight and I didn't know any better. So, and as time went on and I got older, I'm like, oh, some people ha- enjoy being scared out of their wits. Uh, I was never a roller coaster guy or a, or a spook house guy, so I didn't maybe know. because you saw Jaws when you were five. Yeah, probably. But I also realized that was the power of cinema. So, yeah. and this show is here. Right. All right, <laughs> um, over at the Tibbs Drive-In. Been to the drive-in? Uh, not that one, I don't think. No, but in general, yes, of course. Okay. Oh yeah. Do you remember what you saw? The, my first drive-in, or in, or the last time you went. I, I, my first drive-in was uh, the double feature of The Lion King when it first came out, nice. and <gasps> Angels in the Outfield, starring one Joseph Ooh, Gordon-Levitt. That wow. is a, that's a good that combo. Yeah. Good. that's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, my grandma took my cousin and I to see uh, Dennis the Menace with with Christopher Lloyd as the like scary homeless man. And I Walter think it was. Mine. Walter yeah. Matthau, I believe, was Mr. Wilson in that. Yes, he was. Yep. And um, she told us that the bathrooms were dirty enough that she threatened she brought a bucket that if we had to go to the bathroom we would have to use the bucket. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. She was also five. And then was I was pretty young <laughs> no, and my no, cousin she, was scared so we left early. Dennis the Menace, that was... That was it. I mean, when did that come out? Nineties. Yeah, because yeah. I, so. I was okay. I was I was out of college. I think when that came out, so probably mid nineties. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, Adam. Uh, the last time I went, I think we saw the first Guardians movie. Uh, but I used to go a lot. I mean, I've been to the Tibbs one several times, but uh, mm-hmm. there's one in Spencer, Indiana, that I've gone to several cool. times. Cool. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna, we're just going to go through this because sometimes there are odd pairings. Like I I, I always remember the story that. Um, when Arthur, the original, came right. out, and the, and then the second film was ten. I'm like, okay, deadly more double feature. But of course, nowadays they have to be recent films. You can't just yeah, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, Screen One, and sometimes you have to figure out why they paired why yeah. pairings are there. So the here, game. so here we go. We at the Tibbs, Screen One, Happy Death Day, and American Made. Uh, you can see two movies same, at once. Right, same <laughs> studio. I don't know. Screen two, The Foreigner and Kingsman, The Golden Circle. I mean, they're both both foreign flicks. Oh. (laughs) Well, England is a foreign country. (laughs) That's true. Uh, Screen three, Flatliners and Blade Runner 2049. Two remakes not needed. No, I'm kidding. I love I really liked Blade Runner. I haven't seen it. Yeah, there's that. R-rated sci-fi. And then screen four... Till death do us part, and it. Scary <laughs> suspense stuff. Yeah. There don't you go. have kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't be my dad today. <laughs> uh, okay. So that's happening over there. Over at the Skyline Drive-In in Shelbyville. That's of course east of here. Wow. So this is here's a good opportunity. Uh, at eight o'clock, the original. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wow. And then? At 8 o'clock, 945, George Romero's 
The Crazies. Oh. The Is original. That, they're doing a prologue to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, aren't they? Uh, yes, they are. Or a prequel. Uh, a prologue, Leatherface. A prequel. <laughs> I, I don't Thank you. Oh, no, no. Origin story. <laughs> <laughs> Reboot? No. Right. Um, and then uh, at 1145, the original Night of the Living Dead. On the same th- On the on same, same night. Same That's screen. Be beautiful that night too. That'd be a, yeah. that'd so be fun. there you go. That's that is uh, if you're listening to the Saturday night, you have your Saturday night plan. Head over to Shelbyville. That is happening over at the Skyline. Okay, over at IU Cinema. Uh, again, if you're listening to this on Saturday, you could still go down at three o'clock and see Ingmar Bergman's Wild Strawberries from 1957. Must see on big screen. At seven o'clock, the 2017 drama Beach Rats. Tomorrow at 3 o'clock, you have Finding Seon from uh, 2011 at 3 o'clock. Beach Rats is playing at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday the 15th. Monday the 16th, as a part of the President's Choice, and I actually, yeah, I own this film. It's Russian Ark. It's a 2002 Russian film about basically the um, as the camera travels through a Russian art gallery, you get a lesson in the history of Russia itself. Oh, wow. In one <clears throat> single take. It's crazy. A 90-minute take. Wow. My mom took me to that in 2002. Really? Yeah. Way to go, <laughs> mom. I was going to say, that's what she took me to. I wasn't five. <laughs> Excellent. But, but, but yeah, I think they, I can't remember how many, they, they, it took a few tries before they were able to, to get it. So if you're a fan wow. of filmmaking, it's pretty impressive. Um, Thursday, October 19th, just added at 7 o'clock, Lucky, also known as Harry Dean Stanton's Swan Song, the final film of that. Friday, October 20th, ooh, Choices the Choices in Central Indiana. They're doing a cage match, gang. 6.30 p.m., Con Air. <laughs> 9 o'clock, Face Off. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, do we open? No, we don't. No. no. We don't open that night. I'll be at a Blazers game. You should night. go see... <laughs> Cymbeline that night. Yes, you should. Get off my plane. I love Cymbeline. Get off my face. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I think Cymbeline's going to be awesome. It's, yeah. it's, it's I'm excited what they worked on. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. But there's more. Conair face because, off. yeah, Conair and Face Off we wasn't guess, enough. Should we guess what the other. It's it's at midnight. Nick Cage it's guys. Midnight. No, it's, actually, it's not a Nick Cage film. Uh, so uh, I'm sorry. Get the gringo. <laughs> Did you see that? I actually saw that. I, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. No Jews in prison, apparently. Um, oh, sorry. I think I'm offended. I don't have enough context, I'll, I'll, but I think Okay, I'm I'll offended. put it. It's a Mel Gibson film. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. There it is. Yeah. Anyway. No, at midnight, as if the two Cage films weren't enough, Bubba Hotep. Really? Yes. Nope. Wouldn't have guessed uh, that. Oh, that is... See? So there's 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 plans right see, there. So you should see. Um, should you should see the uh, Taming of the Shrew with the eighties lounge and then act, and then go see. Tail down the Bloomington and see Bubba Hotel. Yeah. So there you go. See. There's your evening. I, uh, Bard Fest folks, thank you for being patient. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'll see the show. And then Saturday the twenty first at three o'clock, the nineteen sixty six film Man for All Seasons with Paul Schofield, Robert Shaw. Um, Seven o'clock, The Land Between. Uh, that's both on the 21st. Uh, Loving at 6.30 p.m. on Sunday the 22nd. So there's plenty of stuff going on over there. Over at the Historic Art Craft Theater, again, if you're listening to this on Saturday, because this show airs three times in three days, at 7.30 p.m., the original Halloween down in Franklin. Uh, Tuesday, October 17th, and I believe this is a free admission, um, Ponyo for you Miyazaki fans. Okay. Also, I think the first Miyazaki, that's Miyazaki 101 right there, Studio, uh, Studio Ghibli's Ponyo. Uh, Friday and Saturday, October 20th and 21st, again, competition at 2, actually, you can go at 2 o'clock, and then there's a re-screening at 7.30 p.m., Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Ooh. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, and there's that. And then Tuesday the 24th, at 7.30 p.m. at the Artcraft Theater, I would love to see this on the big screen, Bride and Prejudice, a Bollywood version of Pride oh. and Prejudice. But yeah. it's And it's not three and a half hours long, <laughs> as much as I enjoy Bollywood. Um, Friday and Saturday, October 27th and 28th, the original Adams Family, both nights. There's that. Thank you, Gomez. Yep. And then Friday, November 3rd, Sense and Sensibility. 
Oh, all there on the big screen. So. Is, is that the Emma Thompson? Yeah. That, that's uh, the Artcraft Theater in Franklin. It's one of Kelsey's favorite movies, Sense it's Sensibility. It's a so. fabulous movie. It's, I always use that film as an example. I've heard that um, the, my, my favorite use of CG, Ang Lee used CG to add clouds to a uh, film, right? It's so not specific. just It's not just for robot monsters anymore. <laughs> you know what? Not enough clouds. Put them up there. Good job, Ang. Yeah. Okay. Um, I swear we'll get the Bard Fest. Stay with me. Uh, new on new on DVD and Blu-ray this week. Actually, a really good week. Uh, between I would say between Faces Places, you have two of the better films that come out earlier this year are now both on home video. Um, Baby Driver is now out on video. Just on my Apple iTunes. Yep. This is uh, Edgar Wright has a way. Edgar Wright has a way. That's fine. It's an ad endorsement. Um, <laughs> we, we were talking endorsements earlier. Edgar Wright has a way of, of making a genre film, and then it's so well done, you don't need to see that genre for a good decade. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, yeah. yep. The World's End, and now he's done the heist film. Except I'm a guy of a certain age, and we like cars going fast with lots of music. And that's what this film is. So uh, that is out there. Also, the best heist film since Tower Heist. Oh, boy. Did that you notice? A, that is a, a silence. Get out. It took me a few minutes to even, like, or seconds to put that together so with what that, that was. I think that's I good saw acting, that movie Adam. for that's free. Good. I hurt my feelings watching that movie. Um... <laughs> My my daughter wanted to see that, and there was a moment I said, "You you can't watch that film until you watch Ocean's Eleven." Yeah, is oh, what I call yeah. it. The original or, Ocean's Eleven. Or, I um, I so, Soderbergh. Yeah, no, Soderbergh's I, great. But, yes, but she, she she digs Frank. She likes yeah. Frank, but um, I I got a feeling you have to admit the pacing of the film, especially yeah, yeah. first rough. off, don't watch both Ocean's Eleven together. No, no, that's that's no. a bad combo. Yeah, but um, the the pacing's a little little different. Yeah, yeah. So. And, uh, well, and you could tell the Rat Pack had better places to be sometimes. Yeah, during during shooting. <laughs> yeah. Are we done? Can we take a steam? We'll get out of here. So, no. But so, anyway, I said you have to watch Ocean's Eleven before yeah, you yeah. watch that. And uh, I still don't think I showed it to her. So, anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, no. thanks for bringing up Tower Heist. Stiller and Murphy appreciate it. I know. Uh, I know. But also on DVD and Blu-ray, a film I think not enough people have seen, and hopefully they will, um, Sofia Coppola's version of The Beguiled. This is uh, for a lot of folks. It's don't realize it's a remake. This is this is the one. It's uh, Colin Farrell and Nicole Kidman, Elle Fanning, Kirsten Dunst. It's set in a woman's boarding house during the Civil War. Farrell plays uh, one of the Blue Bloods who's injured and he's taken in uh, for healing. And uh, he has a way of, of seducing the ladies, including all of them, uh, pretty much all of them. So um, the but, women in the movie. Not- <laughs> Passed. <laughs> oh, she passed. Kind of, kind of feral yeah. too. But uh, but no, the, the 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 original film was done by Don Siegel in 1971 with Clint Eastwood and Geraldine Page, and uh, you've not heard of this. No, you should go check it out. It's interesting because uh, I like both films, but for different reasons. What I appreciate about the remake is that it is done from a female's point of view, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's more about because because the beguiled. I mean, this is it's Eastwood and Siegel. They'd work together. Mm-hmm. They would later work together on Dirty Harry and mm-hmm. and Escape from Alcatraz. So they know each other. Um, but the tone now, also the fact that acting has changed in forty five years. But uh, but but the tone. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. We're not you. It's Just every, every every era has its Rembrandts, and every era has its dogs playing poker. So <laughs> it's like trying to compare athletes then and now, or actors then. It's kind of pointless. Anyway, uh, but anyway, I, I do like this one. It is it is more subdued compared to the original, but it is still a Southern Gothic film. But um, laid back performances by Kidman and Dunce and Fanning, and and uh, it's it's not as there's some misogynistic moments in the original, and there's less of it in this one. So, uh, cool. but anyway, it looks cool. Sophia, say what you will, but Sofia Coppola's films always look really good. And uh, anyway, so that is out on video this week. Also, for Criterion, speaking of timing, um, Orson Welles' Othello is oh. now out. Oh. So from 1952. All right. So Bard Fest. 
IndieBardFest.com. I have the director and the two leads from Macbeth here. Um, I guess what what always happens when, when Shakespeare comes up, so of course it's Macbeth, Taming the Shrew, Cymbeline, and complete works of Shakespeare on a Bridge. I guess we start with... What era is it in? <laughs> I know you get that. It's probably right out the gate, right? Yeah. Um, What's the setting? <laughs> what are the costumes? Um, uh, we have it. It's it's really fun. It's yes. not. It's, it's kind of scary, actually. As much fun as this scary. bloody it's show terrifying. can be. Um, it's, I don't know. Without so- sounding too uh, whatever I'm going to sound when I say this, um, I kind of said it in a in a in a alternate. Present, so it's present day, and and maybe not even alternate, depending on where you live. To, to my experience, alternate reality. Um, but there's, there's no orange-haired characters in this. Let's put it that way. Oddly, oh. that you say that. There, no, there's not. <laughs> okay. But uh, the inspiration, the inspiration for it was actually, um, I say. Uh, Donald Trump's inauguration address. It's not just for Julius Caesar anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. And that came out right after I was telling a few friends of mine, like, this is, I think this is how I'm going to set and this. And then you're like, oh, and then happened, like a... This is public radio. No one's going to be upset that you're, <laughs> like, setting it, that you're, like, using it to, like. Right, right. Thank, so, thank so, you, yeah, dear. So, that's good. The, Thanes, the Thanes of Scotland are a, a, a police force um, in, a, in a city, a modern day Charlottesville. Setting. No, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, more like like uh, Adam's like not a making drug, eye contact. Like a special task, like drug force. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to a racial. Yes, element. yes. It's very much yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of uh, guns and drugs. Uh, that is that there is the go. basis. So it's licensed to kill, basically. It's, fun it's, for it's the a whole Timothy Dalton bond. Fun for the whole family. That's right. Well, it depends on the family, really. Because <laughs> I always I, the the Shakespeare that I've directed, oftentimes, and a lot of Shakespeare does, but some have a lot of a supernatural element. You know, like yes. Tempest or Macbeth, things this like has that. Ghosts and witches. Exactly. So <laughs> how do you how do you um, justify having ghosts in your world if you're taking out sort of the fantastical element? Drugs. There you go. <laughs> nice. Hi, mom. <laughs> but your mom's listening, so that's good. That's good. Okay, so I mean, all right. So I guess before this, how many different productions of Macbeth have you all seen? That's a good question. Uh, well, live or yeah? Um, well, I mean, film. I mean, we talked a little. Adam and I earlier were talking about uh, there. There's a few film versions of mm-hmm. Macbeth, and and actually, I think I own most of them. But um, anyway, but no. As, as far as maybe seeing it for yourself, whether mm-hmm. it's on stage or in film. It's the one that I've seen the fewest movies of. Mm-hmm. I was watching the I was the one that I was when I was working on this. I was kind of going through was the Patrick Stewart version. Yes, that and, uh, the PBS, BBC, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, the, and the witches are nurses, which is right, oh, right. which is fabulous. It's, and it's mm-hmm. so cool how they how they did that and the idea that like I loved the way they they introduced um, the show in terms of like it was very fast paced and and the the injured sergeant coming in and all of that and it was really great. Um, I saw it in. I grew up in the Cincinnati area, and I saw it at the Cincinnati Shakespeare oh, Festival. Oh, yeah, um, done by the group that was there yep. doing all of those shows, and it was it was a good time for. I, I can't remember their names. I was you know pretty young, but I saw them in several shows, and I, all I remember from that production is we got to sit on stage for it. I was probably like eleven or twelve, wow. and we were on stage in that porter scene, the famous porter scene, drunk yeah. porter mm-hmm. coming out and yelling. He would just he was in all of our faces. He was sweating and his breath smelled terrible and he was spitting us and like we were a bunch of like eleven because we went with our school, a bunch of eleven, twelve year olds like giggling and laughing at Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean it was so much fun and that's that's what I took away and that was I've seen two or three live productions, I, but that was the one that I remember. I, I asked that because I mean there's there's several reasons to as far as your your own path with the story. Um, you may have seen something where you're like, okay, I can't do it like that. Shouldn't do it. You know, because certain choices are like, well, that choice is made. I know I want to do it this way or I want to capture something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we were Adam and I were talking earlier. There's there's a, a, a film version of Macbeth with Sam Worthington that's kind of shot like an MTV video. And uh, <laughs> I think they wear more black than you guys. Yeah, but oh, but yeah. there is. But there is. So anyway, just things that you you kind of, OK, I got to make sure I, I want to do it like this. This as opposed to the way they did it, you know, and sometimes that affects that can affect a, a choice as a performer or as a director. So that's what I was just curious on that. I think this 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 production runs a little like uh, for some reason it was it, just the story of Banquo Macbeth was giving me the idea of uh, Pride and Glory, 
Colin Farrell and Jay. Yeah, oh my god! You just said this episode. Colin Farrell show all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, and Mark and Ed Norton. Oh, Edward Norton. Ed Norton. And that's right. Mm. Cop and uh, cop and criminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Well, and there's that sort of there's that element I think of Macbeth and Banquo anyway uh, that. Banquo sort of plays along because he's his pal, but there's also this, you know, like, I don't think this is the right thing. Which, and, you know, for historians, you can go back to uh, James Cagney and Pat O'Brien films from the Warner Brother gangster films of the 30s. I'm sorry, I'm showing my age experience over youth. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well, I mean, there's, I mean, there's but that the, 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 all, the, all, the mo- all kinds of movies, yeah, but there's that element of, like, it's a a buddy story with this twist of one of them's kind of corrupt and the other one's going along with him for a little while and then can't anymore and that is what gets him mixed. Brother, you are going down. <laughs> Thank you. Cut, yeah, and you like that? Thank you. What happens. That's right. Anytime you can Pacino anything at me, I'm in. <laughs> I love that. We'll, we'll get to that later. Thanks. So. All right. <laughs> Um, I actually have only seen it on stage once. It was my senior year of college at Ball State, and it was a really earthy production. I'm sorry, the Ball State University. The Ball State University, chirp, mm. chirp. <laughs> and um, it was super earthy, uh, and the witches, anytime they um, were like casting a spell, it was in Gaelic. Ooh. Which was interesting uh, because it was sort of terrifying, and you didn't know what was going on. As someone who loves Shakespeare language, I was um, not, I, I wanted to hear the language. But then uh, Lady Macbeth in the commune spirits that tend on mortal thoughts, that was also Gaelic, which was interesting because there's that whole idea of like Lady Macbeth is the fourth witch. As um, so, it was interesting uh, to to see that take on it. You're the Billy Preston of of the witches Beatles reference, <laughs> <laughs> George Martin, whatever. Okay, so and uh, she's the most famous of them, though. Yeah, that's kind of true. Have you have you seen the Real Housewives of Shakespeare? No, but it's kind of that you'll see it in our show. <laughs> really, the Real Housewives has been used as a well, a, yeah, a, I mean, it's a, a template now for right, yeah. right. But but no, there was actually a YouTube series. No, uh, that yeah, it's Gertrude. Great. I think Gertrude, Juliet, Lady Macbeth. Well, have you seen? Um, this is a little off topic, but have you like it's on the, this show? The, yeah, um, Shakespeare women's gay best friend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Ophelia's about to what, drown herself. What, yep. What are yes. You doing? Yeah. And you've you've had water on you. Uh, I'm familiar. Yeah, a yes. little bit. Um, and I think there was also I think Shakespeare characters reading mean tweets, a la Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, so is this the first time you two have worked together? No. Not at all. What, if, what else have you worked on? And so now you have, but at least you have work experience to work on your dynamics together. Yeah. We we had two productions back to back. Yes. Uh, we were in a four person uh, play called Jason and Medea. Where my wife played Medea and I played Jason, uh, yes. and then uh, also a date and family play. That's right, <laughs> mostly. Uh, and then we were in As You Like It together. Yes. Where my wife and I played Orlando and Rosalind. <laughs> and I That's played not... Rosalind's best friend. <laughs> what a surprise! <laughs> we're, so we're we're actually very close in in real life. I was in uh, in Adam's mm-hmm. wedding this summer. Um, yeah. But then several years ago, we well, actually I, You did... weren't there by the time I got there, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so several years ago, we actually, uh, in a Shakespeare class, did a Macbeth, Lady Macbeth scene right. together that then we were able to that do in an audition. they were lucky enough that I had selected as one of the... As the audition piece. It audition worked out piece. very well for us. Also, that's a shout out to Amy Hayes because she's a, she's a little prophet Goddess. Yeah. So um, I guess it's, it's the other, so you, you you mentioned guns and drugs. So I guess the question because I know you're doing it in the uh, it's at the the fringe mm-hmm. and in the in the eleven space, in the 11, which is yeah. the smaller one. So I had I had uh, I was concerned because I know there are fight scenes in this and and also the size of the space. So mm-hmm. I guess I, I was wondering how that was being taken care of. Close combat, ground be, and pound. Be concerned. <laughs> It'll be more fun if well, you're it's concerned. It's not like rapier dagger. You don't need right ten feet of space between yeah, two people. It is. It's, I mean, it's. The the one thing that I I always am nervous about with pro- producing Shakespeare or or even seeing Shakespeare is guns. Like, what do you do with guns? You, if you're modernizing you, you it, you have them. to have guns. Well, thank you, thank you. But it, but the Shakespeare plays aren't generally written for an immediate death like that, you know, or yeah. a, or a, or that a, a, a far away death. You always have to be close, except I guess. But maybe then you're monologuing fit. like a Bond villain. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so here. so but right. so after that, I'm like, I'm never going to do a, a show with guns, and then. I'm doing a show with a whole lot of guns, lot of um, guns. and so it has to be like, how do you? How there aren't a lot of gun deaths 
necessarily there's a lot of like let's get close and um, fight it out with with other weapons, including our fists. Really, there's yeah. some great fights in the show. There yeah. really are. They're impressive. How many people do you take down? All of them. <laughs> in a way. Yeah. I mean, I psychologically mean, or yeah. physically. Yes, cause... dear. <laughs> That's a subtitle. Yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah. <laughs> we were. I was joking earlier. There's a. I. Uh, yeah. Eventually, there should be a a talk show sequence. Like, and the subject is they made me do it. And our guests are Macbeth and Othello and. Meanwhile, there's Yago and Lady M over there. I don't, I don't know what they're talking about. You know what, though? I what we And you maybe can comment on this more. We talked about how this is the most functional um, marriage in Shakespeare. Like, like I mean, it, it ends badly, sure, but they are they really are a great pair until it all goes Until it goes bad. bad. So Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, they, yeah. they, they, I don't know. The way that we, I think the way that we saw it was that she's not, she, there is some manipulation, but it's more that they fill each other's, you know, they're a great pair with each other. I think so long as, as uh, Claudio doesn't drink too much at Thanksgiving, I think he and Hero are going to be okay. <laughs> okay. Well, but didn't he? Didn't, well, <laughs> I mean, you you disrupt one wedding and it's your say, own. He got, he got yeah. pretty upset there. There's some B and B. B I think there. they'll do okay. They'll beat the crap out of each other, but I think they'll do well. By the way, Tammy goes true. <laughs> I don't. Okay, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, I think I think those. I think you guys should play. You four should play tennis. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe. Or pick up basketball. Well, I think that the really um, interesting thing, if you think about when this play was written, Macbeth refers to his wife as his dearest partner of greatness. And for that to happen, I mean, that doesn't happen with Claudio and Hero. Um, I, th- I think that there, the, it, it is a true partnership, and yeah, he wants to equals. keep her informed, and he wants her opinion, and he <laughs> listens to her a lot. So I think... Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Once you say that three feet behind her, <laughs> what she said. <laughs> You're Let me learning. just take control. You are learning, um, sir. <laughs> but I, there's something there's something really powerful about that 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 they are that entwined with each other, mm-hmm. um, that they're that in love and willing to do whatever it takes to help the other person succeed. You finish each other's sandwiches, crusts and all. Nice. Okay. So anyway, just just to reiterate, so Macbeth. Cymbeline, Taming of the Shrew, and the complete works of Shakespeare unabridged, all happening as a part of Indie Bard Fest. You can go to IndieBardFest.com for all the schedules, but I know you can rattle off the dates you guys are are doing your shows, yeah. or else I have a screen yeah, in front of me, either God. way. Um, well, it runs the 19th through the 29th, uh, and then Macbeth itself will be the 21st, the 22nd, the 26th, 27th, 28th, and 29th. There you go. We should say. Uh, let me let me just say a little more about Cymbeline because we've been. Please uh, do. I was going to say Cymbeline is a it's a beautiful a beautiful idea that we've been talking with Tony, who is the director of that. Um, it's set sort of barely pre Civil War, so Antebellum yeah, did, South. Yeah, I saw that. I saw um, the beautiful the costumes, uh, really big uh, saber fighting that they've been working on. Like literally kind of, saber rattling. I, I, I just don't quote me on sabers, but the sword fighting. They have they, and it's, the whole cast is is involved in, so it's gonna be a pretty big fight. Um, There's a huge battle scene yeah. in the middle of the play. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He was telling me, I was like, we don't. I didn't. I mean, and he has the biggest cast of all. Of us. He's like, I still have to, I have to pull these other. Part, like actors to do these fight scenes because there's just so much, so much going on that they're they're choreographing. So everything I've heard about it, it's been going really well. But I think as we talk about the other shows as well, um, the, the great you know you can I, as I mentioned earlier, I saw Cymbeline earlier this year. I that was my first time seeing a production of it. So every production of a Shakespeare is going to be different. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know the last time I saw Macbeth, and it's going you know the the, the next version I'm going to see after your guys is it's going to be different. So it's the same story but different cut, different setting, different obviously yeah, yeah. different actors. But uh, but I think that's the, I think the the beauty of of Shakespeare's work is that you can see several different versions of the same story, mm-hmm. and so and you guys get a chance with yours. So and Cymbeline again, that's it's, it's kind of like the Heartland Film Festival. It doesn't come across too often, and I know there are times where Shakespeare plays. It seems like there's a trend of them. Like I remember, I th- everybody I, did Lear. I last did year. as you. I saw. 
three productions of As You Like It in four months mm-hmm. oh, wow. between you know Indianapolis, the colleges in the state. Um, it just happens, and then you're probably good for a decade. But <laughs> but I think that's kind of cool is that this version is different from that version. You might get burnt out, but and but that. But maybe, then you have something to compare it to, exactly. so you're not just watching it. You're like, oh, you have a reference point. Uh, on to compare what you liked better about one or the other or what was more effective or exactly. equally so. So, um, and it's been a few years since I've seen Macbeth on stage, and it's been months for Cymbeline, and it's been years since Taming the Shrew, which I heard uh, I we we know a certain somebody who was buying costumes as we were working together this summer. Yes, indeed. <laughs> buying up every, I think it was every Elvis outfit and bunny costume in the, in the central Indiana area. And now she's bought all of the Hawaiian shirts of every Goodwill in the that's state, that's a lot in this state. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to look true. like a DJ from the '80s or Magnum PI, yeah. So. Uh, but anyway, so that those are all happening, and and complete works. That's just fun. I mean, oh, it's, yeah. it's uh, yeah. who's do we know who's in that cast? I can find out if you would please. Yeah. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. You can go to msociatewfyi.org. Um, for questions or comments, also on Facebook, also on Twitter, at Matthew Sosi. And in the shameless plug department, Informed Consent is running at Richmond Civic Theater October 20th and 21st at 7.30 p.m. You can go to gorct.org for ticket information. I'm hanging out with the cast and director of Macbeth, which is running as a part of Bardfest October 19th through the 29th at the uh, Fringe Theater, both spaces. Go to IndieBardFest.com. Com for more information. Did I give you enough time? You did. All right. Just barely. It took me that long. <laughs> there you go. Um, so it is directed by Christy Clinton mm-hmm. and is featuring Ron Richards, Ryan Shelton, and Adam Workman. So three folks doing all of Shakespeare's plays fast and funny. That's right. It's hysterical. It's yeah. such a great play. Yes, it is a lot of fun. And uh, there's even a cooking demonstration thanks to Titus Andronicus, <laughs> a <laughs> yes, personal fave. Yes, so. indeed. All right. Um, I guess when I, I wanted because we were talking earlier, Adam shows up early, so we kind of we kind of warm up. Early. So and sure. that's good. You're on that's time, good. but but have you have you experienced Scotland, PA? <gasps> yeah, I was just talking about that with a friend today. Um, because I'd, I, for me, when I get done with a show, once it's over, then I will go back and actually watch something that uh, you know if there is a film version or one I have on disc, and. Uh, and I, I I just enjoy the hell out of Scotland, PA. And I, I was, uh, yeah. For those who don't know, it is a '70s dr- fast food version of Macbeth, and it's not the text, but it's the story and the characters. With like, wasn't Andy Dick one of the witches? Andy Dick was one of the witches. Uh, Christopher Walken is a is a is vegetarian like Macduff. Uh, Laura Tierney is Lady M. Someone dies in a fryer. Spoiler alert! Uh, it's in the seventies, so oh, there's a lot so of good. and a lot of bad company being used in it, and music of the era. So I, I tend to say I know you, you know you try not to watch a film version of the show you're working on. I think that's an exception to the rule because it's not the text. So for sure, yeah. So anyway, what about the um, Shakespeare retold with James McAvoy? Where it's That's what it's I was, a Michelin yes. okay. restaurant, yeah, yeah. Um, and he he becomes the head chef of this four star Michelin restaurant. Nice. It's it's also not the text. Um, it's a really cool adaptation that if you're not familiar with the show or if you are, there there are things to discover about it. The, the, there's great parallels. There's, there's real. I mean, there's a good 101 to get because I know people sometimes are intimidated by these and thous and. You know the 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 talking funny that y'all do up there, <laughs> but but you know things like Ten Things I Hate About You or She's the Man. Um, Lion King. What? <laughs> Lion King. King. Bring it all Lion back. King. Yeah. 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 Those Thro- Danish blood, lions. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Throne of Blood, which was yeah, Throne of Blood. Kurosawa's uh, Macbeth yeah. and uh, the oh. the Bad Sleep Well, which is Kurosawa's Hamlet. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's. Have you have you seen Throne of Blood? Mm-mm. It's on my list after we after we finish this. Very, I'm, that's I'm, a really good one. Yeah. yeah. So uh, thank you, Criterion. Thank you to Chiram Mufuni, who also has a wallet that says "bad" on it. So he did. I'm sure he did. Okay, we got a few minutes left. I guess when you guys are working on a play, are you able to watch films freely and for for leisure? And if you have, and if you do, what have you watched recently? 
Yes. I, I, okay. I, well, I, I can also start. In the case of you two, I was, or actually all of you, I mean, you need sometimes something to cleanse your palate. Yeah, I, <laughs> I sprained my ankle the night of the first rehearsal, like right after the read through, oh. yeah, but right, like right, right before the. So I was like hop, hopping in, seeing them, and now is the winter of our discontent. And we, the, we did that. We did that. We did that. <laughs> Um, and uh, so I, I, I called in the next day at work because I couldn't walk. And so I had like an, an 80s sick day. And I watched uh, Never Ending Story for the very first time. Really? I had never seen that because oh. it, was on, it right? was on Netflix or anything like that. I, I mean, unfortunately, and I'm going to like, this is sacrilege, but like I knew about the, the horse scene. Right. And I had seen so much, like so many memes and stuff about it that I was expecting ah. it to be longer. Mm-hmm. But didn't the mm-hmm. horse actually die in that? Like, Spoiler alert on a 30-year-old picture. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, like, like in real like life, the, not, the in, not in the movie. I oh, that, feel like... No, because I think... I think No, I think... Because I think PETA would have really gone to town on that. We would have heard about that. Okay, I thought I heard... Uh, it's not, like the, air, it's not like the Air Bud film where, like, seven yes. dogs died during filming. But then oh. that, that same day, I rewatched, I think, three of the Indiana Jones films. Ooh. Unfortunately, three one, of... There yeah, are and unfortunately, no, there, there are four. four. <laughs> and unfortunately, and unfortunately, oh, oh, the fourth one was I'm sorry, one Adam, Adam Tran is crossing his arms and not acknowledging the one with the refrigerator. Is that what we're doing yeah, here? That's what we're doing. Controversial, controversial topic. I'm, I'm I saying this on record. I'm, I'm saying this on record. Yep. Here it is. The the idea for the plot being a a sci-fi alien flick, I think, was the right idea. Poorly executed. Mm-hmm. But but if you look at the other ones, they're pulp they're pulp films from the 30s, and this one is yep. 20 years later. It's the 50s. The pulp films of the 50s is the Cold War. It was paranoia. Yep. It was aliens. It was the right way to go. But I think Kate Blanchett thought she was in a campy movie, and and uh, you just let Kate go. Harrison just... Harrison Ford thought it was a serious movie, and then Shia LaBeouf it was is just, Shia LaBeouf. I mean, he, 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 he has too yes. much baggage with him. Like I think he's a, a good, he can be a good actor. I think he just has too much baggage uh, in that time. So Adam, I just want to make sure. So. Um, the rail, the the uh, mining cart jump is fine, but hiding in a refrigerator, that's where you draw the line. I, swinging from the trees like a chimp, I think, was where I drew the line. And, <laughs> the, and, the, and the gophers in the beginning, the swinging groundhogs. The, trees, the groundhogs were like, why? there was a lot of like really cutesy stuff that like the CGI just didn't quite make up. Like, I don't know. Like The, yeah, the gophers were weird. like, oh, we, with the, I get it. Like, it's, the, it's the Paramount. Mountain, right? That's funny, but then it was like they looked really fake, and it was weird. And I'm kind of okay with the refrigerator because it is a lot of outrageous stuff. But the swinging through the vines, that that yeah, that was just like you're like, no, don't do it, (laughs) don't do it. You're about to do it, and then you and and they did did it. it. So well, you know, because they can. So what else have you guys watched recently? Um, well, I I did see Mother. Uh, which there's you some, right? uh, it took me a while. Like I, I did go to a yoga class afterwards and I really needed it. Um, <laughs> Good I advice. really needed it. I would recommend that to anyone who sees it. Uh, there is some imagery in it. I feel like I can't give things away. There's some imagery in it that is, uh, helpful for Lady Macbeth. <laughs> she, uh, the quiver comes into her voice. Yeah. Uh, no, she's clawing it's, her neck. It, it's, it was a very it's stressful movie. It's very still stressful. there. It's still there. I thought about that movie every day since I saw it, like, Two or three weeks ago, but um, but then I'm also uh, from our rehearsals. I will decompress. I've been watching a lot of uh, old Will and Grace just to kind of let go of. You have to let I go mean, of the hand washing. There, there, there are certain yeah. There are certain things that it's, uh, we you know, we were talking about our first date movies earlier. You, you know, there's certain you don't watch that and then go to bed. Right. Okay. Yeah, we finished no. Requiem. Okay. Let's go to sleep. No, you got no. you got to put something else in to to clear your head. You got to so. you got to go to yoga class. I, I like that. It's pretty good. So. <laughs> I think I've been watching exclusively palate cleansing things, actually. Uh, I watched, in one night, I watched All Eyes on Me and King Arthur. The King Ar- the, the, the Guy, guy. Ritchie one? Yeah. They're basically the same movie, if you, if you want. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of similarities in those movies, actually. Uh, the street fighting King Arthur, who was like... It's, it's, it's weird. It's, it's Guy uh, Ritchie. It's so very Guy Ritchie, yeah. Uh, and I watched... Um, the, I just watched uh, Kelsey and I just watched the new Pirates movie, which was really good. Actually, surprised. Like, well, I, when you got a, when you got an island to support, is this like the eleventh one? I don't, I can't fifth. keep track anymore. It's, it's like now nah, that's what I call I music. It. So Javier Bar- <laughs> Javier actually Javier Bardem got a lot of money to do that and got very little money to play. He's not God, but um, you know to, him. To, him. Oh, that's right, capital or, H. Yeah. So uh, in in to work with Darren Aronofsky. So right. yeah, there you go. All and right, I've been watching iZombie. 
It's my. That's your <laughs> my palate cleansing. My palate. It is really. I mean, it's pretty campy. It's pretty campy. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, once again, IndieBardFest.com is running the 19th through the 29th, The Complete Works of Shakespeare on a Bridge, Macbeth, Taming of the Shrew, and Cymbeline. Guys, thanks thanks for hanging out and just destroying radio. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. So. Always happy to do that. Silent breed is people! Zardoz has spoken. Go see a good movie, you deserve it. And go see a play, you deserve it. There's plenty out there. You're listening to Film Sociology, a film talk show here on WFYI HD to the Point and WFYI.org. Good afternoon, Fort Myers. Good afternoon, California. Good afternoon, Michigan. Let her watch Manos. <laughs> Is she scarred for life? Let's put it this way. What parent are you? <laughs> when I wake her up, I vocalize the theme to wake her up to get oh, her ready to school. Oh, you're a terrible father. <laughs> we'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live!